Hey, hey, geek over guys. That again means what's up in Bangla. Let's keep things light today. By the time this episode goes live, I'll be 25 years old and have entered the quarter century club. Time flies, man. I used to dread entering my late 20s because I think it's when a person starts to wither away. But actually, the complete opposite happens. Your mind begins to blossom over time with more wisdom and understanding. And looking back, there's a few things I would do differently. Like, not be so embarrassed of my desiness. So today, I just want to take a minute to share a few desi traits that I have come to love over time. Certain things I was ashamed of for years, except today, I wouldn't trade any of these things for the entire world. And maybe you guys have gone through similar experiences. So, let's go grab our chai and let's chat. Let's start off by talking about names. If you didn't already know, my English name is Marlene Marcy Howlatter, but I was always called Mori by my friends and family who were Bengali. Except I was so embarrassed every time my mom would call me Mori in front of my school friends because they thought it was so weird. They would pick on me because they couldn't pronounce the name and it was so uncommon. So at a very young age, I hated the name Mori and just went by Marlene wherever I went. But as I grew older, I started to like Mori more because I felt like my roots were founded that name. But I have noticed how a lot of Desis adopt a nickname because their name is botched by most people. My own father-in-law's name is Brené, but he goes by Peter because his customers won't take that extra second to learn his name. And my own husband is named Priyang, but he goes by Pri. I get that it is easier to pronounce, but if people are able to pronounce last names like Schlatterhausen, Slozinski, and Kowalski, why can't they just learn our name? Your name is your identity. Your name shouldn't be a burden on someone to say out loud. Just take that extra few minutes and teach your peers how to pronounce your name correctly. Some Daisy names have some extraordinary meanings behind them. There is no reason to put it aside and replace it just for the convenience of others. The second thing I really had to learn to love was my skin and hair. I used to have long black hair that actually went past my knees when I was younger. My old friends from New Jersey can vouch for this. My mom had to keep them in braids to keep it from being knotted because it was so long. Every day after a shower, my mom would pull out this giant blue bottle that said parachute on it. And if you know where I'm going with this, you know that it's the desi coconut oil that we've all seen before. And she would pour it all over my head and rub it into my scalp and down my hair and then braid it. And all I could think of was, I'm gonna go to school and they're all gonna be bullying me because of how greasy my hair looked. So I hated going through this every single day. And then the day finally came. At 12 years old, I cried and begged my parents to please chop off my hair. I was so tired of getting picked on. And reluctantly, my dad cut off over 16 and a half inches of hair that day. Fast forward to today. 
people are paying hundreds and thousands of dollars for extensions and wigs so that they can also achieve the look of having long, natural hair, while I gave it up because I was picked on so hard. I'll never do that again. <laughs> and then, my skin. Do you guys remember a time when Fair and Lovely was huge? Our own Daisy culture taught us that being lighter skinned is more favorable, and that's bullshit. We already have to deal with people making fun of us as we were growing up not being white. And it really sucked going to a high school where it was majority white, and I would wear long sleeves and longer pants because I hated my skin. My skin color set me apart from everyone else, and someone always seemed to have a racist comment. But now, fast forward to today. People are paying, again, hundreds of dollars for tans and laying out in the sun to get that perfect shade, whereas I was born with natural melanin and I love my skin. When you're younger, it's hard to understand that being different isn't a bad thing unless someone is reminding you every day of how beautiful you are and that your traits are what makes you you. Then came the desi accessories that I absolutely hated for almost a full decade, and that is the bindi, also known as the deep or the chanlo, and henna. Let me just start off by saying, the red dot that we wear on our foreheads is not a dot to press record. Fuck you to everyone who said that. For my non-desi folks out there, the bindi represents intuition and intellect. It's almost like a third eye that reminds you to keep God at the center of your thoughts. It has a deeper meaning than just a decoration or an accessory on your forehead. But again, I used to hate wearing them because anytime I posted a picture, people were commenting and making fun of me, so I stopped wearing them altogether for a few years. But as I grew older, I found a little bit more pride in who I was and where I came from, and I began to wear them again. And actually, the same story kind of applied to wearing henna, also known as mandi. Henna tattoos have become more and more popular these days, so I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about. But I remember going to school with henna on my palms or my arms, and I would just get torn apart. People back then would be like, what is on your hands? What's that smell that's nasty, that looks like poop, and, and just so on and so forth. And being so young, I was so mortified by the whole situation that I really never wanted to put it on my hands ever again. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's henna tattoo artists at parties, and you can go to Six Flags and get your henna done. And it just became this fad. And I decided I am no longer giving up on my traditions just because people haven't been exposed to it yet. I've missed out on a lot of weddings and a lot of mandirats, and I'm never doing that again. Next, our food. There was a few years after I got a job that I would bring home different ingredients to make things like pizza, pasta, tacos, and wings because I was so embarrassed of the smell of desi food and how it sticks to our clothes. I'd even do everything I can to avoid having friends over because God knows if they'd want to eat biryani or chicken curry. And I'd be envious of the families that would just have a pot roast and some mashed potatoes. But the older I got and the less impressionable I was, 
I realized they see food is bomb.com. We've got some pretty banging ass dishes. From biryani to chole, pao bhaji, chicken tikka masala, ilishmas, what the hell was I thinking? I can't believe I was so embarrassed that our food had flavor and let off aroma, please. Okay, moving on, because I'm starting to get hungry. Our language and accent. Yes, Daisies have accents. Thanks, Apu from The Simpsons, for completely making fun of that. Before you go making fun of people who has accents, just remember that they are fluent in more than one language. The country of Bangladesh shed blood just to be able to speak Bangla instead of Urdu. So a topic like this I won't take lightly. I always bold the fact that I am trilingual in my resume and I am so proud of it. Don't ever be embarrassed to speak your language out loud. It's pretty dope if you can speak more than one. Okay, and last but not least, families. Desi families are known to be abnormally close to all their cousins, parents, uncles, aunts, and so on. Which meant that every single weekend there'd be a dawat to go to. A dawat is kind of like a brown people gathering and I know it applies to all Desis. You find yourself at this aunt's house, that uncle's house for that birthday, for this wedding, and it's just never ending. And I hated going to them. I'd rather just go to like a movie or sleepover, but nope, that's it was. But looking back, those were some of the best times. If you are ashamed of any of these things, don't be. There are plenty of basic people in the world. Conforming to the society's needs just makes you blend in and get lost in the background. As cliche as it sounds, be you. There is nothing more attractive than a person who is sure of themselves and their roots and not afraid to stand out in a crowd. This country does not belong just to light-skinned blonde hair people. America is a melting pot and they sees you are the masala. So be unapologetic about the way you are and where you come from. Embrace your differences. Maybe it'll get other people to do the same. And I'll leave you guys with that. So listen, I've got a special surprise next week for my listeners. So stay tuned and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Chai Chat with Mori for exclusive content and encouragement. But till then, shukriya, dhonnabad, and thank you guys for listening. Peace.